You can't let others define you. Look at me! Never let the bastards get you down. Johnny encounters an unsightly hiccup in his bid to sell the town, and Moira struggles to find her identity out of the daytime television spotlight. Welcome back to another episode of Shitlist, where we'll unpack Season 1, Episode 3, Don't Worry, It's His Sister. Welcome! Hello, welcome back to another episode. episode. 3! <gasps> and now we are recording after our premiere, so we now, uh, we are now public. We have fans. We have fans. How many fans do we have, Katie? What's the live count uh, do you know? Well, our first episode had about 77 plays. 77? Um, yeah, Seven? as of today. Yeah, oh I know. Gosh. It really spiked after I told you the other day. That um, we're overwhelms still- me. In about <laughs> in in the fifties on the gram, so you know okay. people are finding us um, wow. other ways. So we're excited to have you all. Yes, well, thank you for coming back. Um, that's really exciting, and like it makes it feel so real. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but we're like so famous, uh, so famous. You were hello actually to all of our friends. Hello to our friends. We'll have to um, come up with a name for our fans, or maybe they want to give themselves a name at some point. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll put that ball in their court. Yeah, um, Katie, you did tell me that you were recognized this week out in public. You you have a bit <laughs> yes. of a. I think you should share that story with the the podcast. So, I have a vanity plate and I, of course, you, David, by the time I wanted to get one was taken, which was like the go-to seven characters. Perfect. But it was taken. So I kind of debated. I had a few options, shared them with Seth. I ended up going with Rose Vid. So Rose Video, as some of you who may have watched, is important later. We don't really know about it yet at this point in the show. But I got a picture... (laughs) creepy ass picture from a friend and it was the back of my car and she said is this you and I was like did you take this picture creeper and she said no somebody a friend of mine who lives in your area took it and I thought it had to be you I'm like oh yep I'm that kind of a fan I'm that obsessed (laughs) but I was like oh cool it's like the first time someone noticed it because people are always asking me what is that rose vid and they think it might have something to do with my video business which is yeah you know like I said we're retiring from I'm like no no it's Shit's Creek you have to watch so I was just excited that someone recognized it and free advertising for us. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want to hear from people. If, uh, if people have vanity plates, I want to see them. I've seen some clever ones. Um, I, even, yeah, like I've I said, seen, I saw the you, David. But. I saw the you, David of Ohio. So I guess mm-hmm. each state gets to have one. And I've seen the you, David one somewhere here in Cincinnati. And that was a very exciting moment. Yeah. And there's a couple uh, good ideas I had, too. I'm wondering, like, if people may have. Yeah. So if you have a, if you have a vanity plate, show us. We want to see Please do. Please do. Yes. Um, well, um, now that we are public, you said you have a couple of things to follow up on now that we have some interaction with. Our yeah. Fans so I just want to. Yeah. Well, so we only have feedback from episode one because episode two hasn't technically released yet as of right now. But I just want to give a couple shout outs. Um, Dan Levy is my life coach on Instagram for our very first bit of feedback. We are really excited for my internet stalking I believe Dan Levy is my life coach is a she so she did leave a quick story about how she was desperate for a hotel one night um, driving through Pennsylvania and it was the last leg of a road trip and it was snowing and they were just desperate and it she said <laughs> totally out of place all the truckers the room smelled like stale smoke which I feel like is kind of in 
you know, like a signature of a shoddy roadside motel. So, oh, absolutely. Um, Dan, Dan Levy is my life coach. You were our very first feedback. So thank you for listening. You, Hopefully you're you. here again. Yes. Uh, also, these are all on Instagram. Nobody emailed us at Kaka, but these are all on Instagram. I also wanted to say thanks to Judy K, who gave me the book. Um, Sorry, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Foils Falavery, A Treasury of Unusual Words. Uh, that is the book that Catherine O'Hara used to research her elaborate vocab in this show. So if you want to talk like Moira, Moira, I did Amazon search it. And there are actually a few different versions. Uh, one is A Treasury of Unusual Words. One is Foils Further Falavery, A Cornucopia of Lexical Delights. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I actually a read options. out a little bit about that book as well and read that um, like Moira, Moira, <laughs> Catherine would get the script <laughs> and... Uh, and Still she in. would like privately go through and pick her own words and she wouldn't even tell like Dan or the other writers what words that she was going to use. So she often just like it, with each take kind of surprised them and ad-libbed, which I thought was really that funny. That would be really hard to keep a straight face while she was doing that. But, I know. But yes, thanks to Judy Kay for letting us know the name of that. And also she did um, find two other celebrity name drops, which that you I were failed struggling. to remember. Yes. Yep. So one was Thank Diddy you, and one was Martha Stewart. Oh, yes. Of was course. Also, they were both name dropped. And then finally, um, Cinder's Travels on Instagram. Cindy is a friend of mine. She lived in New York for a while. She went to Grand Valley, not with me, but after me. But we were friends for a little while while she lived in New York. Now, she, just a quick shout out to her, like lives in an RV and blogs about it and road trips around the U.S. with her husband. So Cinder's Travels, if you want to follow her. But she left a motel story also about how one time they checked into this motel and they pulled in or they checked in and got into their room and inside were someone's boots and clothes and food. And they went and asked and the hotel desk was like, no, that's your room. And kind of, we're going to make them stay there. And she said, no, we're not. That's weird. Somebody's coming back for this stuff, <laughs> which is just funny because you, you know, like later on much, much later. So people will forget about this. They, we run into something like this situation way long down the line. So yeah, but anyway, way later, but yes. So yeah, that's, I just wanted to say thanks to all those people for giving us a little shout out. Yeah. And then you, um, went to found a little, Schitt's I Creek discovered a town. little, a very shit's creaky town. Yeah. Last weekend by by, um, by surprise. So, you know, this is one thing we're kind of talking more about. We brought it up last week, but even through, you know, future episodes, it's just how Schitt's Creek is very much like, they don't really pinpoint where it is. You know, we know the show is made mm -hmm. in Canada. It's a lot of Canadian actors. So is this in Canada? Is this in the U.S.? Does it really matter? The answer is no, because this it's sort of represents a lot of tiny towns that exist basically all over small the place. town yeah. USA or small, small town, town Canada, wherever North America. <laughs> wherever it might be. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just stumbled upon this town this past weekend. It was called Clifton, Ohio. And it had this, um, it was very much an intersection of a town, I think is the best way to put it, where it's just like a four-way stop sign, a couple of old buildings. Some of them are still in operations. Others are not. Um, and they had this 200 and something year old uh, working mill that was attached to like a waterfall and there was a wooden covered bridge and um yeah, had a little restaurant really it was very cute and some of the buildings uh were just really charming and it reminded me of Schitt's Creek so much in terms of like the 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 look of it and also just that quaint small town vibe and we walked around mm -hmm. a little bit just to you know like soak it in and I think watching the show and talking about it in such depth now it just makes you appreciate well, 
those kind of were there places. any like shops was there like a general store? no there was nothing <laughs> rose at rose there was, there was um there was an opera house which is very um impressive mm. they have a lot of live shows there was a very small opera house, but I love that they call it an opera house nonetheless. Right. Um, and then like a handful of houses, there was an old, like, um, I don't even know what the proper term is, but it's a shop where they would like shoe horses. Um, oh, I don't know if it's like a blacksmith, Did but the blacksmith used to do that back yeah, in the day. I so there like. was a, so. a, a, Not, a storefront for that. About. But they, yeah, just a couple random buildings. And then this mill that had like an old, the mill restaurant sort of had a general store feeling as well, which was really cute. Okay. And they had giant menus, which was really exciting. Not as big as Cafe Tropical, but still nice. quite impressive. Um, so yeah, we enjoyed like a good lunch. And so yeah, it was fun. And we we posted oh. a little bit about it and would love to hear from you guys as well. You know, are you from a small town like Schitt's Creek or have you discovered any towns um, in your travels or just happening upon them? Yes. We would Share love your to tiny hear. little towns. Yeah, because wouldn't it be fun to, you know, start a network where people can discover these little towns, give them some love, give them some business and attention? Because um, there's just so and many I, of them. Also, I think one of our goals you know, this is not on the docket anytime soon is to actually visit Goodwood, Ontario, where they film the show. So we'll be sure to share that when we do. But in the meantime, share us your little small towns and we can check them out. Maybe some will be close to home. We can go on a road trip or something. We absolutely have to make a pilgrimage though to what's the name of the town? Sorry, I'm so bad. Goodwood, Goodwood, Goodwood. Ontario. Goodwood, Ontario. We have to pilgrim there and maybe we'll record an episode from there. That would be, that would be fun. So... But yeah, anyways, well, you, today um, we should we, dive in. Yeah, we're going to get into episode three of the series, which is called Don't Worry, It's His Sister. Um, and in this episode, Johnny is still he's gotten his approval from Roland to sell the town, but he's running into some, uh, could you say, cosmetic issues as far as what, you know, might yeah, uh, very deter potential buyers. And the biggest one is the town sign, which we have yet to see. So yeah, the episode starts out. Uh, we're back with Ray again. Good old Ray helping out Johnny. Uh, drives Good old Ray reminding Johnny how poor he is. Oh, yes. Still his crooked business manager. He has to remind him of that. Um, but with a smile on his face, of course. So mm-hmm. drives him out to the city limits, which we've yet to see. And um, there's this sign that uh, is like the Welcome to Schitt's Creek sign. <laughs> and we don't see the sign at first. We just see Johnny's reaction, right? And I think he's like, is this a real sign or the joke sign? It's like, why would it be? What do you mean? (laughs) Ray, what do you mean? What would a joke sign be? Uh, But it's this beautifully like painted wooden sign. Uh, It says, welcome to Schitt's Creek where everyone fits in, which um, sort of becomes, you know, the the mantra of slogan, the the show and the slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you look a little closer at the painting or the mural sign, whatever, we see that it's uh, sort of a mid-century, early 20th century man who looks kind of like Roland, who's uh, standing in a creek and holding on to this woman like also in like early century garb, who's scooping up water with a bucket. Um, but the way that they're standing together, um, how would you explain this, Katie? Well, his shoulders are too big. <laughs> oh, yes. His shoulders are too big. As Ray says, like it's, that is it, that is the clear as John, issue. As Johnny would say, untoward. Untoward. <laughs> Back toward. <laughs> yeah, it could be um, interpreted as uh, not so 
PG-13. And inappropriate. Uh, inappropriate. And Johnny's very bothered by it. And Ray doesn't really see what's going on. Ray so, is totally clueless. Yeah. But Johnny's frazzled. He's still kind of dealing with his frazzled feelings from last week, too. So this is just adding icing to that cake. Um, so he's going to he's going to, you know, recruit Roland to try to get to the bottom of this. Uh, so yeah, that's sort of where we start out. Have you ever well, gone through any towns or like you're you're from a small town and uh, you've mentioned it briefly. Bad Axe is the name of the town, which is yes. in, like the thumb of Michigan for those who aren't familiar. Yep. Um, and I know you guys have a very distinct. I don't know if it's your sign, but it's like the logo for Bad Axe. First time hatchets. I saw it was very the Bad Axe hatchets. Yeah, I was very confused, but it's like a broken, literally hatchet. a broken axe. That's the story is the. Indian settlers when they or I don't know if it's Indian or the European settlers when they arrived there found like a broken hatchet and that it was called bad axe. Therefore, the town is forever named. Everybody who hears that is like, oh, badass. Did you say badass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I lived on the I grew up on the other side of the state and I had I think a college classmate once who said she was from bad axe. And I was like, what did you just say? Where are you from? Yep. I've never heard of this town. And then you do the stereotypical Michigan thing and point it out where it is on your hand. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, bad axe. Bad axe is definitely uh, one of the unusual names. Um, yeah. Or also near us is ugly. I feel like anytime who anybody not from there tries to pronounce it, they're like, ubly, ubly, it's U-B-L-Y, like ugly with a B. Um, that is very <laughs> tiny, even tinier than bad X. Yeah. So, but we don't have any like funny, funny signs that I can think of. I, I'm a sucker that- for like a good road sign though. I take yeah. pictures of them all the time, like duck crossings, weird animal crossings, all the weird things. <laughs> Michigan has a couple of like, well, we have a lot of small towns, but some with funny names, like we have a hell mm-hmm. Michigan. And so yep. there's always the joke that hell freezes over every year in Michigan because Michigan gets cold winters. There's also a Christmas Michigan up in the UP. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, what are some other ones? There's just lots of like random silly little towns. There's a Paris, Michigan, which has a tiny Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. That's right. Yeah. You guys went there and you did the, your Beauty and the Beast themed picnic, right? Was that <laughs> so, the yeah, thing? Last summer during like early days of the pandemic where we couldn't really go anywhere, I took my sister-in-law and my two nieces and one of my nieces really loves Paris. And I was like, hey, we're going to Paris for lunch. And she was excited. And so we took her to it's very much a Schitt's Creek kind of small town. Um, and they just have a park with a metal sculpture of the Eiffel Tower. And I was like, oh, we can have like a Parisian picnic. So we did that. But my niece, who was seven at the time, was not as impressed. She was like, I thought you meant we were going to the real Paris, not this. Someday, Nora. Uh, yeah. Someday. Someday. But anyways. So and, we. Um, we uh, Sorry. Let no, me, you're fine. I just what where do you want to go next? Um, so well, Johnny goes back to the the motel and he can't Wait, find do you you're skipping away from the sign. Yeah. I want to interject. I want to okay. interject. Okay. Well, we'll I go back two to the things. What well, real quick, um, the the slogan where everybody fits in becomes part of the show. But judging by the appearance of the oh, sign, have you yes, ever thought is. where everyone fits in? Oh yes. That's like a very Michael like, Scott vibe. Very. That's, that's what she like said. That Michael Scott. Would. Yes. And just given the fact that the shit family, uh, their names are very like play on words to begin with. Like that just sort of adds to that sort of. And then yeah. I also just wanted to say in preparation for this, I did a Google search for funny road signs or funny billboards okay. and came across a very clever Ikea ad where it's a bunch of 
bar stools and it says, come check out our stool samples. <laughs> and and other very good ones, yeah. which I they're you know, they're visually more you yeah. know, impressive. But well, anyway, Ray, I just want to say that. So share your funny signs no, with us is what um, I'm getting at. Yeah, and thanks for backing it because Ray does mention that like people drive for miles to take pictures of this sign. <laughs> yes, and so as right. appalled as appalled as Johnny is, like it's actually kind of if you think about it in today's day and age like pretty good marketing because it's I think gram people, worthy you know people Instagram respond worthy. to humor and quite honestly like dirty jokes inside jokes yeah more strongly than they do you know a refined uh a refined billboard that is you know <laughs> and i've seen you know vanilla. in some of the fan groups and stuff i'm in on instagram and facebook like people recreating that picture for fun like for yeah. a wedding invite or party invitation or birthday party right. whatever it's it's funny i love it so yeah, um, so Johnny goes back to the motel. Uh, so he's still like up in arms and he can't find Moira, but we can hear Moira. Uh, she's coming through the walls, quite literally. Uh, she's in the closet, <laughs> on the floor, in the closet. Uh, and she's in a state, I guess you would say. And it's kind of unclear like what's going on. We've walked in to the middle mm-hmm. of something. An episode, and if you will. You can't tell, like, is she drunk? Is she delirious? Is she on drugs? Like, is this just <laughs> a normal Tuesday for her? Like, what's going on? Um, but then she starts to talk about like no name commenters, tormentors. Which is a very twenty twenty one problem. Ominous. Yes. So she's dealing with some online haters, so you could say. And it's getting to her, which is part of the reason why I feel so nervous to like have this podcast because I'm like, any criticism or comments, good People or bad. People are so mean on the They're internet, so though. But even like positive feedback sometimes makes me just as like queasy. So the fact that we've had 77 listens, like, oh gosh, 70, so 77 anxiety that's right why, now. Uh, with that's all why of our Katie's, in char- <laughs> Katie's in charge of the analytics and social media. I just can't handle that, good <laughs> or bad. Um, but clearly Moira has been getting some bad reviews and they're really, they're really getting to her. Uh, and she's having an episode. This is really like the first, uh, like, and also implies that, you know, we learned last, uh, episode that she was a soap opera star, a mm-hmm. former soap opera star. And so one can assume that any like public, uh, or like online criticism of her is probably tied to her career in some way. Right. She's definitely got an online presence like every movie star does or a TV star, you know? Exactly. Um, so then Johnny goes in to like find the kids to figure out what's going on with the mo- their mom. To take care of her. <laughs> uh, to take care of her. <laughs> and Alexa says, I never caught this before. Uh, he said, or Johnny asks, you know, kids, have you seen your mother? And Alexis is like, yeah, she was faced on the carpet before dragging herself into the closet. <laughs> like that fish. Maybe she was looking for a contact or something. <laughs> like very disinterested. And also this is probably normal behavior to some degree or they're just. Right. It's not, not anything she hasn't seen before. And also David rates it. Well, how bad is it? Like a seven yeah. out of 10. Oh, well, exactly. you can manage that, you know? Yeah. So obviously it's a, it's a normal occurrence yeah. in this uh, household. But they do say like what sort of initiated this meltdown is that she Googled herself and that was the problem. So right. she must have saw something that didn't really um, sit well with have her. Have you ever Googled yourself? So here's one thing we haven't talked about. I am a... Um, I am an adjunct instructor. I teach at the collegiate oh, right. level. You probably do have a pretty good so, online presence. Uh, I don't have a huge online presence, but there are websites called like ratemyprofessor.com. Uh, do you check your I, ratings? I don't think I have ratings, but I have like I have not checked recently. 
I'm not interested in checking. I get, so I get like student evaluations after every semester. And like sometimes even reading that comments, good or bad can give me anxiety. (laughs) So it's like not my favorite (laughs) thing to do. Um, But I, I remember when I was in college, I would definitely read like ratemyprofessor.com reviews. Oh yeah. We would sometimes uh, I would not take a section of a class because that professor had like really terrible reviews. So if I have an online presence, it's probably to some degree through through work through that. But again, those are things I definitely am not interested in Googling. So no, the answer is no. Okay. Well, if I find out any good reviews from your students, I'll let you know because I'm on there right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Please let me know how many search results pop up. Uh, but don't actually, I have no interest in knowing. Um, so Johnny's trying to get the kids to, you know, help with Moira. Uh, and David is sitting on the bed and he has this package uh, that just came in the mail and it's eye cream from Paris, which is How sort did you of, pay for it? Uh, well, one of his credit cards is still working, of course, and he already paid for it. So what's the problem? Like he has the cream, but Johnny is not happy with that answer and tells him he needs to get a job and he has to go uh, find the want ads. And so he goes down to see Stevie. (laughs) That's one of my favorite. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's one of my favorite uh, interactions because we learned last week that David's job was a gallerist. A gallerist. Yeah. And um, so she's helping him look through the want ads and she's like, okay, you know, what kind of jobs are you looking for? And he's like, anything in art art curating curating or trend forecasting? Got anything like that? Mm, Don't see anything in (laughs) art curating or trend forecasting. That's weird. And (laughs) And there's Stevie's like sarcasm. She's well, then so she good even has that. to like, so she sees a listing for a bag boy and she has to like explain what that is to him. And he's like, how much, you know, how much you think that pays? Uh, I just said the math on what he thought minimum wage was. Yeah. Because he said maybe 45, 50 an hour. Right. $45 an hour on a 40 hour a week job is 93000 a year. But we also, bag, bag we also the know that store. he lived in New York previously. And so... <laughs> I think, would you agree as someone who used to live in New York that your sense of like money is skewed when you live in that town? Skewed, but I didn't make that much either for sure. (laughs) Well, clearly it all goes to your rent there too. So that's true. Yeah. Every last dime. Um, So yeah, David is on a mission to get a job because um, Johnny is not going to let him keep using his credit cards to buy fancy eye cream. And uh, back, back down the the line in the hotel or the motel, uh, Alexis is still uh, torn up about Stavros last week. We saw her trying to flirt with guys and get pictures for revenge, but now she's still like on his Facebook and <laughs> apparently he's yeah, dating. And she's, she's saying to Moira, you know, I'm the one that should be having the breakdown right now, right. not you. Exactly. And uh, apparently Stavros has moved on and is dating a Scandinavian flight attendant. Do you oh, remember yeah, what the flight that. attendant's name is, Katie? Kiki, right? Oh, so close. is it something like Kiki? What kind of name is Kika anyway? Kika. Kika. Oh, close. Um, Moira is out of the closet though at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, she, she got, she dragged herself out. <laughs> she dragged herself back out. And uh, we do find out that she did take some antidepressants, and that's hundred thousand to be hundred thousand to yeah, a light dose. So throughout this show, I wonder where they're getting all these antidepressants because it's not the first time and not the last time it'll come up. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of questions about where they get a lot of things. I also have questions about like where they get food 
like because the we're seeing more like pockets of the hotel and the first few episodes I didn't notice that there is like it's not a kitchenette but there are like some shelves and they have some like yeah some things but you never like at this point we've never seen them like cooking or doing Mm -hmm. any sort of like food prep so are they just going to the cafe for everything they must be I guess where else do people go in that town there's not a lot of options general store so yeah Alexis is going to try to get her mom out of uh out of the hotel motel I got to get better. It's a motel. Uh, mm-hmm. And David is going to see about getting a job. And Johnny is still stuck up on this sign. He's got some big problems. So Alexis and Moira head to the cafe, back to the cafe, Tropical. And Moira is still in quite a, a state. A state. And, and do you remember, Katie? She places quite the order. She orders six different items. Two Can apple you fritters. tell me? I gotta look at my list. <laughs> you probably are. I, I can definitely. I did not. Okay. I swear to God, something. I did not look at your notes. Okay. But I listen to this frequently because it cracks me up every time. Because I'm thinking, yeah, that's what I would order if I were high and had the munchies. Two apple fritters, sliver of pecan pie, large fries with gravy, and ice cream. Okay, you're missing two, and then. After that, Alexis promptly orders her egg whites and steamed spinach, which sounds disgusting. And she tries to order again some pecan pie and I can hear it in her voice. You're so close. Okay. I will read it verbatim. It starts with the two apple fritters. You got that sliver of pecan pie, the large fries with gravy and bacon. Bacon. And then the two final things after Alexis tries to order her healthy breakfast are onion rings and ice cream. Ice cream is at the very end. Yes, yeah. I can so hear her say and some ice cream, <laughs> which I feel like Moira's order is way better than Alexis's steamed spinach. That's and egg a white. very that sounds awful. It's a very cafe order where you can Ugh. get literally anything you want at any time of the day. Another um, Bel Air diner order. Exactly. Um, I do love Moira's, Moira's outfit now that she's dragged herself out of the closet. It's very Grim Reaper-esque. <laughs> like, it's just an extension of her mood. She took um, the gray wig off before they left for the cafe, though. I like yeah. that gray wig she had on in the closet, but yeah. she took, I think she takes it off before they go there. She does take off the wig, and she has this very, like, bodycon knit dress, long sleeves, all black, and then it has this, like, dramatic hood that she wears for the entire episode. And it's just sort of an extension of her, her mm-hmm. dark mood. So they're at the cafe and then Alexis sees uh, a familiar face from uh, the, the tailgate from episode the hitchhiker two. burning meat over a garbage can, over a garbage there. can. And he's taking food from Twyla. And I will Ooh, say we that still don't know his name, right? We don't know his name. I'm sorry we for don't that. Know his uh, name at reveal. All. We don't know his name. It's, it's just okay. this, um, maybe poor person that's uh, like vagrant homeless? That wanders around time. Yeah. Um, taking table scraps. Which, how rude. Why do they give you table scraps? Are you like a poor person or something? You're like a poor person. Um, so she like is great though. No, but thanks for asking. <laughs> so she like chases him. This is where we see desperate Alexis come into play because mm-hmm. he's clearly playing disinterested. He may be like genuinely disinterested. We just don't know at this point, but she's like chasing him out into the street just to let him know like why she let him she let kiss, him kiss her, him. which was clearly not how it happened. And he's just like unbothered. And then she's bothered by how unbothered he is basically. 
And so that's just kind of like a funny, awkward moment where you see that her, like her social skills maybe aren't as great as she thinks. Like she's trying to be charming. And right. Like she's just trying a little bit hard. Use her normal bag of tricks that probably works in other places, but here in Schitt's Creek, like with these yeah, new that's neighbors, like it's not really working with her, with her usual crew and her formal yeah. people, former people she used to hang out with. It's it definitely like, was. It's making her a little frazzled. We haven't really seen her frazzled like that before. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a funny moment. She's becoming vulnerable in this episode in a different way. So again, like I think when I when I will eventually like realize I like Alexis because you guys know I'm starting out on like not the best opinion of mm-hmm. her. Like it's when she has to like get cut down a few levels, like cut off at the knees and right. has to like really um reevaluate some things. So and I none of it, that happens in in a in a mean way or anything no, like that. It's just no. a product of circumstance and that's exactly experience. what she needs exactly exactly yeah um so then we uh we toggle back over to johnny who is now heading uh down to the uh city hall town hall would you i guess it's town a town hall. hall it's not really a city yeah. uh and we see we see one of ray's billboards on one of the benches out front for his real estate business and did you notice one of his teeth have his been blacked, blacked out, out too <laughs> yes so even in Schitt's creek there's vandalism apparently but um uh, yeah, you know, we, mild teenage vandalism. Mild, yes. It's a very <laughs> small town hall. It's like, would you? I mean, it could be a church or a schoolhouse, maybe both. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe built a hundred years ago. Hard to say. You'll clearly see it has multiple functions. So yes, and in fact, the town I was in last weekend in Clifton it had a very like uh, town hall looking building that could have been used for multi multiple purposes mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so Johnny goes in, he's looking to speak to somebody about this sign. We see Ray is on the council, which is a surprise to uh, to mm-hmm. Johnny. And then we meet two other council members, just briefly. Two more townies. Two more townies. Do you want to talk a little bit about them? Give us some uh, intros. Yeah. So we meet Bob, <laughs> busy playing solitaire at his desk. Uh, we don't learn too much about him. He just tells Johnny, why would we, you know, because Johnny goes in there to change the sign why would mm-hmm. we change it there's shit history in that sign yeah. um bob's a pretty mild-mannered guy but and I, you'll would you call him like if roll it like the shits if stevie are tier two bob is like a tier three tier four maybe like he'll be recurring yeah, i but... think tier four but he I think, is, I think I f- ray ronnie bob who else twyla yeah they're all kind of like tier four. I think Bob, a higher, we're going to discover why Bob is my favorite tier four town. He's got a lot. Bob's got a lot of baggage, I feel like. He's a lot, got a lot of, of baggage. Story and and some of the best physical comedy of the whole show, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of his mannerisms. And he commits to like one thing and it'll be the whole. Someone actually shared a clip of him and Catherine O'Hara. And I don't know what movie it was. It was one of the groups I'm in. And it was they were acting together. And he. Oh. I mean, it was probably 30 years ago. He was much younger and had a like a longer blonde hair. And he has the same Bob mannerisms so and that, just that whatever actor. that it was like a movie or a TV show yeah. or something. But that's his, you know, that's his style. Uh, and then we meet Ronnie, who is just this. I, I like Ronnie. I think she's probably my favorite extra character, yeah. if you will. She's so blunt and just mm-hmm. direct to the point. And you'll... I don't know if you notice this, but something I've been noticing through different episodes, she always has a new funny coffee mug in front of her. Okay. I noticed the coffee mug 
in this episode, today's world's greatest dad. Yes. I never know. But it won't, we'll have to watch for him again because it won't be the same. And it definitely changes. And I thought it was really funny when I finally noticed it. So maybe we need to world's greatest dad, Ronnie. (laughs) Maybe we need to start tracking that and audience can help us. We can put together like a collage of screenshots of all of the Ronnie mugs as we go Mm -hmm. through something else. But she's very no bullshit and straight to the point. And I think that's why I like her. She's just very direct though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she, I mean, she says, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and it talks about Johnny being an outsider. Yeah. And you can tell she's kind of reluctant to even be that welcoming of a friend. I feel like that's mm-hmm. how I am. Like, oh, I'm not going to like just be your friend yeah. right away. I'm going to just tell you how it is. And, and Johnny clearly is like motivated to get things done quickly. And that's just not, first of all, it's not the mm-hmm. way things are done in this town. It's not and- life in Shit's Creek. And their motivations don't match his. Like his motivations are to get out of this. To get out of there. So yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna mesh on that level. They don't get it. So then, Moira's left alone at the cafe because Alexis. (laughs) Nobody's babysitting. Nobody's babysitting. Nobody's babysitting. And then Jocelyn, who we met last week, uh, comes over to Moira and asks her to basically be like a guest in her class because she's a high school teacher. We learned last week. She said that she's working on like putting a play together with her students and would like her to like use her acting expertise and, uh, and maybe uh, assist a little bit with those rehearsals. And Moira was a little hesitant until Jocelyn calls her a star. <laughs> and then yep. her face just I, lights up. And I, I think was it, hoping you would say that it, uh, it just kind of shows where she's at mentally because of the criticism she uncovered mm-hmm. when she Googled herself. Like Moira just wants to be validated as, as still a celebrity at, at that moment. And yes. man, Jocelyn gave her just what she needed. Yeah. Cause she lets out like the first expletive of this episode, which I know, <laughs> which is again, just like such used So like effectively in such a comical way that it like surprises you. So yeah, Jocelyn is going to let Moira come in and, and speak to her class and help them with this play they're working on, which uh, leads me to one of my questions for you. Did you ever like when you were in school, do you remember ever having like an assembly or a presentation? Yes. It was somebody like third party coming in and it was very like bizarre or you just wondered what are this what are these person's credentials why did why are they here why are we why are they selected yeah well I don't know about stories? a third party play but or just I like a person you, that's, that's not where I thought you were going with that I thought you were going to ask if we ever like put on plays and I remember specifically in junior high this is very related we were doing a drug resistance program and the mm-hmm. the muse, little musical thing was about drug resistance and I was picked to be the moody person and like just stand in front while and have this shitty face, like pouty face while everyone's saying moody, 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 (laughs) (laughs) talking about how drugs make you moody and have bloodshot Mm -hmm. eyes and stuff. And I don't think I played it off very well, but I remember this one girl getting pissed at me because they chose me to be the moody one. And she was kind of a bully. Mm. And in truth, she really was the moody one and should have been picked because <laughs> she was moody in real life, too. But I don't know why that story sticks with me in my life. Well, but. more or Jocelyn's students are in high school, but I remember drug abuse resistance education or D.A.R.E. Dare. as it was more commonly you know, abbreviated, uh, started when I was maybe in fourth grade. And mm-hmm. it was so over my head at that point because I grew up with like a very conservative um 
mother. And so she really like sheltered us from a lot of that stuff. So when I heard drugs, I took that as meaning like Tylenol and like uh, cough syrup. So I didn't, <laughs> <Right. laughs> like what other drugs right. could you possibly be talking about? Right. And uh, that was a thing all through like late middle school, early elementary school. And into yeah, they school. really made it into something way bigger. They really I, pounded I thought, it into our brain. Yeah. I thought saying no to drugs was going to be a way bigger part of my life, but I couldn't even tell you where to get I've actual had, drugs I've right had now. Very few times where I've had to say no <laughs> to drugs. Yes, exactly. Like, and the ones, the ones you don't have to say no anymore to are, are legal. So, well, it depends where you live, but, uh, <laughs> oh, true. Where I live, they're legal. <laughs> Um, but anyway, but yeah, I just remember like we never did a play or anything about drug resistance or drug abuse, but just some of these talking points as a, you know, 11 year old, it was like, I'm still, you know, learning so much. You about, have like, no clue. You have no yeah. clue. I'm learning about the world and drugs and like alcohol, like my closest, uh, thing I can relate to this is like getting candy cigarettes. <laughs> like that's the only thing I can like, <laughs> yes. relate to. Did from... you when do you remember like the first time did you ever underage drink? Uh did I never go to a party or just have a drink. No, I didn't. My uh I can tell you what my first drink though was and it was after my 21st birthday and it was a dirty girl scout. It was a shot. Oh it was mint green and it was terrible. Yeah. It was probably I the worst thing. To I start didn't really with. do too much underage drinking. Like maybe when I, not in high school for sure, but definitely when I got to college. Um, yeah. But like I was still, you know, 19, 20 almost at that point. So it wasn't like I was drinking at 13, but I did grow up with big sisters and I do remember them like giving me sips of their drinks when they had parties when I was like five, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was drinking and. Yeah. And now I'm just getting something with a box of wine in my fridge at all times. And <laughs> I just had Joe go pick up a box of wine before we started this. Oh, good job. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, um, real quick, we had a, another sponsor today. I don't know if you want to quick send it to oh, them yeah, we before we that. get in, before we move on. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much so far to the sponsors we've had. And um, I know three out of three, like this is really surprising. Yeah. So uh, with that, we'll be uh, right back. Okay. Sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Brebner's Grocery. Whether you're looking for steady employment or just a little extra spending cash to buy that fancy eye cream you've been craving, Brebner's Grocery is now hiring. Walk-in interviews are currently available for bag boys and cashiers. If you're hardworking, have a positive attitude, and own comfortable shoes, come in today for an interview to become part of the Brebner family. As an added perk, all employees receive a 15% discount on damaged produce. Brebner's, where shopping happens. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you, Brebner's. Thank you so for much. For supporting us. You know, this wasn't in the um, in the ad, but I did hear through the grapevine that, you know, so many places are struggling to find help these days. They are offering a signing bonus. It's not in the form of money. It's in the form of um, discounted returned meats. So, you know, you can get your hands on some returned meats if you, if you want to work there too. <laughs> returned <laughs> meats. I heard that through the grapevine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's part of your perks of working there, you know? Okay. Wow. Anyway, go, apply at Brebner's if you're looking yes. for work and thank you for sponsoring us. Guys. Thank you, Brebner's. Thank you so much. So um, back to the episode. Yes. So you were, you were talking about your like, Oh, drug assemblies, and drug, like drug that. assemblies. And, um, I have a quick funny story about where, um, I was in middle school and we had an assembly with like a third party, not drug person. related, right? It was not drug related. No, okay. but it was just one of those situations where 
I can relate to more uh, to Jocelyn's students when Moira comes in and they're sort of like, they don't know who, who she is, is first of all, because they are too young to understand her. Like soap opera their grandma probably watched. Exactly. Back in the day so she's she's not impressive to them in any way. She's sort of very strange and off putting. Um, and I remember this one time in middle school where we had an assembly. We all had to go down to like the uh, the performing arts center or whatever. And it was this guy who no idea who found him or recruited him to come in and and basically perform for us. Perform is the only verb I can think of, but (laughs) I don't think that that's even the right word. Showcase his talents. Showcase his talents. He was a musician, a percussionist to be specific, and his instrument was his body. (laughs) So that basically meant he was sitting in a chair on the stage. He had a microphone um, to pick up, I guess, like the acoustics or the audio. And he was just playing music by slapping himself all over his body <laughs> in weird, like rhythmic patterns. And so he would do things where he like, s- like swung his arm and like was like sort of vibrating it off between his shoulder and his knee. And he would like, like, s- and he had his- no props, absolutely no, no props. No props it, was, or- like, it was all about music and like music through your body. But he was just like slapping himself constantly, and. That had to probably go on for like an hour. Oh my god! And I feel like it was one of those days where, like, the teachers are probably like, "Yeah, I don't have anything today. I'm gonna you know, cash it in today. We could, we could put on a movie, or we could have this guy come in and just slap himself all over while, <laughs> while we all have a cigarette break, which is probably what they were doing." I honestly don't remember any assemblies quite that weird in my history of, but or, I will or special say guests. I've, um, like, I've done like collaborative work in the past with schools um, through teaching and like sometimes it, they will inquire about like, do you want to come in and give a presentation? And it's not that complicated of a process for someone to like come in and speak at a school. And yeah, right. I have I think, skills. I have skills. Well, I can slap my body. I could go do this in front <laughs> of a hundred kids. I've lived a life. Yeah. So like there's really no uh, like criteria you have or to criteria to, to get into a school and talk in front of kids apparently so well that was um, back in our day that was a while ago i don't know school you think it's different now uh, i don't know <laughs> you might be surprised what i want to hear what other weird guest speakers yeah, or assemblies you crazy, guys have like, had assembly stories if, if there's any strange stories, stories out there we'd love to hear them for sure um so I guess let's jump into when Maura does show up in the school and uh, she's sort of intervening on the rehearsal for this drug play that Jocelyn wrote and Maura's not very impressed with the writing. Script is garbage. Uh, <laughs> garbage. Um, she's like, have you ever been addicted to drugs? Then write what you know. The she's quiet so suffering rude. of a woman trapped in a relationship with a simpleton. <laughs> like again, it making was so rude. Making like, herself at that a moment, judgment. I was like, oh, like. yeah. Um, and so then she kind of steps in for these kids who are trying to go through these lines, and it's getting like really intense and in their face, cringy, very, very cringe, cringy. Um, and then sort of has like a mental breakdown through it, and it's again all tying back to her personally. It's the kids are just watching her unravel and how uncomfortable and and kind of I think kind of also bring herself back from the edge like yeah she gives herself a little pep talk and that whole breakdown right about about finding who you are kind of she's not talking to them as much as she's talking to herself right exactly um so she kind of goes through this breakdown crisis but in the end kind of comes out on the other side validating herself it's just unfortunate that poor Jocelyn who was just trying to do a nice thing 
she and her whole class had to witness this breakdown. Uh, that was um, one of the only times I've just kind of had this realization. One of the only times in Schitt's Creek that we see kids and they're not even really kids. They're high schoolish age. You're right. And well, I was thinking like, God, well, there's one. Yep. But that's it. And I'm like, maybe that's why I'm so drawn to this show. <laughs> the lack of children. <laughs> the lack of children. But yeah, it's kind of lack weird. Of I didn't, I don't know why it just kind of dawned on me in the mm. last week or so. I'm like, man, there's no, no kids in Schitt's Creek. No. Like my. That's why you home. love it so much. Yeah. I love, I love all my kids and my friends' kids and stuff, but man, yeah. I don't want to be responsible for them. <laughs> So that's sort of where Moira's uh, arc wraps up for this episode. She sort of gets through that emotional hurdle, comes out on the other side. Um, David, meanwhile, is still trying to hustle to get a job. So we see him down at uh, Brebner's, who was so graciously our sponsor for this week's episode. Yeah. And uh, he he gets an interview. So he he comes back and tells Johnny that he has an interview later that day. <laughs> and Johnny makes him rehearse. Practice, and I think that's one of my favorite. Again, we talked last week about how out of touch Johnny was in some ways, and the way that he makes uh, David practice just cracks me up. And also, and even when he starts, I've had enough people hire enough people in my day. Exactly. So like, he's not even the one. We're still learning. We haven't fully understood. We Johnny's don't know what Johnny did. Yeah, business background, but clearly he had a, a company where a lot of people were working from him, and he didn't have to make these small, you know, decisions. Mm-hmm. He had people for that. Um, but he like makes David go into the other room and knock on the door between yep. the two rooms and then come in. It is, this is one of my favorite scenes. It definitely walk, made me laugh out and loud. And walk through for uh, like a rehearsal. And he's like, why do you want this job? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, thank you very much. And then he tries again. He's like, why do you want this job? And he's I like, ran out of eye cream. <laughs> See, I know Kitty knows. Like, I don't even have to cue her. <laughs> You're not going to um, get this job. Wrong attitude. Oh. He, like, criticizes how he's dressing as well, which um, is another, like, great Johnny line. Iconic. Uh, colostomy bag pa- pants, which <laughs> is such, like, a descriptive. It's, uh, it's just an image, isn't it? Yeah. But it's also showing how Johnny, like, his mind is in this, like, business uh, mentality of how he used to run things and he's really struggling to adapt. And, and honestly, that's a, what is David going to wear to, is he going to wear a suit to an interview at a grocery store? I mean, exactly. Johnny really. would, Johnny would wear a suit and it, and then it shows because he goes in and clearly he gets the job or they like at least let him, you know, work for do a, day. a trial run. And what does Johnny do? He calls him at work <laughs> immediately. Which is how embarrassing. <laughs> is that not the most embarrassing thing? Oh, it is so embarrassing. And like he calls back because David hangs up on him. Like David's actually kind of trying and Johnny just doesn't get it. He's like, well, you have a job. So I can clearly I can call you at work. Why wouldn't I call you at work? Not a a cushy desk job where you can just sit on the phone and it's like an actual job, Johnny. And after the third call, David just like hands his vest over and he's like, okay, clearly this is not going to work. Yeah, I'm going to be out of here. So it's just like Johnny messed up the whole thing for him and like Johnny and was so mad about get it him getting it in the first place i know crazy um and then let's i guess jump back to alexis real quick we haven't touched on her she's a smaller arc but uh she does kind of come across some surprising information as she's chasing down to the barn uh, which how by the way how did she end up there how does she how did she how does she know 
And how far away is this? Do you barn? think she knows this guess- guy is in this barn and she's wearing this crazy? It's very much like a white girl autumn outfit is the only way Bummer. I could describe it. It's yeah. like fall oh. colors, a big like flappy wool felt hat with this crazy feather plume situation. Yep. Um, heels so walking through where, the grass. I mean, where we find out he lives in a barn, basically. Somehow barn. she found out when then we find out. And, and lo and behold, he was in the middle of working out when she knocked on the door. Working out in what way, though, Katie? You have to be more specific. Oh, he he was in a towel and Twyla showed up to the door in a sheet. So you be the judge. <laughs> Which this sort of, you know, puts some pieces together that maybe weren't obvious before this. I mean, Twyla and this guy, we can call him Mutt. We'll spoiler that. Yeah. Is Mutt. Um, we're both at the tailgate party in the last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Twyla is giving him food scraps at the cafe yeah. Alexis and I guess the audience too are just not cued in on the fact that oh they might actually have like something going right. on or you know we don't know the details, and that's just but. another to me another cringy moment for Alexis like you just kiss this guy you don't know if he's dating anyone and now to me you find out it's the sweetheart Twyla that's been nothing but nice to them and it's it's Alexis it's like why why would you just it just should just you left know? It another like mean part of Alexis what were you thinking you don't think of other people before you do these things exactly and but it's still like her intentions are like falling apart like it's not going the way she planned whatsoever Mm -hmm. and it's really frazzling her which is refreshing I think Um, it's actually pretty funny when she walks away from that scene she's like bye and they close the door and she's like yeah like (laughs) like her she realizes that she's, she's so cringy and awkward in that moment She's starting to like be socially uncomfortable and awkward. Mm-hmm. So compared to the last episode, that's a big change for her. Uh, so <laughs> Johnny gets Roland out to see the sign because he he finds out that the sign portrays the like the town founder who uh, are Roland's ancestors. So like Roland, he hasn't like inherited great grandfather. It's his great grandfather. Yeah, he hasn't inherited the position of mayor, but it sounds like he has a lineage of shit's creaky and Shit family history in that town and Shit in that family sign. history what is his great grandfather's name katie by the way horse shit <laughs> horace horace <laughs> horace shirt excuse me horace not horace um, horace shit and uh oh important announcement we've been tracking for two episodes the ponytail is gone ladies and gentlemen after yes. two episodes <laughs> the ponytail is gone i did write that in my notes in all caps right after horse shit <laughs> <laughs> So. If anyone finds your notebook, they might be gravely concerned about you. <laughs> Just these random <laughs> digi- digital digital notebooks. Okay. So you can scour um, the internet. But yeah, the it. ponytail is gone. I guess they made a choice and they uh, they went, you know, in the other direction. So for I, now, anyway. For now, yeah, no more ponytail. But um, Johnny is still struggling to get Roland to understand like what his issue is with the sign. He's like, you hate my family. Why do you hate me? And we do this, find out very bluntly what this, this sign, sign looks, looks like. Looks so that. inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you wanna do you wanna quote that for us, Katie? It looks like your great grandfather is fucking your great grandmother in the ass. <laughs> and right. Roland is like, <laughs> still like he doesn't get it. And then he's like, that's he not even Horace's wife. That's his sister. <laughs> like. So that doesn't make any Which sense. It's supposed to be, be even better. We're supposed yeah. to make it okay. <laughs> so he says he'll fix it once Johnny is so up in arms about it. He's like, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. Don't worry. But um, he'll fix it only because 
how is anyone supposed to know that's his sister? And that's the realization that Roland needed. Oh, you're right. As if that's the bad part the is issue. that nobody knows it's his sister. Exactly. So he does fix it. And that's the last, I think um, this show has some really great abrupt endings that almost serve as like, you know, you have the cold open, which also often can be like an isolated little clip. What I like about mm-hmm. this show is sometimes how abruptly that episodes end, almost like the reverse of a cold, like a cold close, we'll call it. Yep. Just a hard, <laughs> it's just a hard ending. And that's how this episode ends is they the family goes out to the sign and they're all staring at it and johnny's just like this is worse this is much 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 worse (laughs) and what did he add he adds a little like comical looney tunes looking sign in red paint that just says don't worry it's his sister with the big red arrow uh and then cut to credits that's it and so that's where the, the episode gets its title is don't worry it's his sister of course they're not doing anything uh obscene obscene because that's that doesn't make any sense yep uh so yeah that that sort of wraps up this funny little episode it was a good one i liked this episode it was a good one um i do have a couple so we've established i think i'm not even going to bother trying in the future that i cannot get uh Katie to guess wrong at any trivia questions. Well, you stumped me with the well, food order. Just barely, because I picked like the toughest one I could think of. So I think I'm going to let trivia be your thing and I'm going to lean into something else for my episodes. Okay. So what we're going to do to wrap up this episode is play a quick game of Would You Rather? And I'm going to give you some Ooh. scenarios and <laughs> let me know, you know, what you think, what you, okay. would, what you would rather do. All so right. the first, the first one, and uh, this might be a tough one, maybe not, is would you rather work at a grocery store or teach middle schoolers or sorry, high oh my schoolers God. work at a grocery store, work at a grocery store, uh-huh, honey pee. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. I, <laughs> I, pee. I'm not good with kids. No, that's an Alexis. Alexis is, um, is honey uh, pee. We'll hear later. Yeah. She says that slogan, honey okay, pee. So not, no need for debate. No, like, no, I'm not, I don't have the patience to be clear. any kind of teacher okay. grade or not high school or not. Okay. Well, I am a teacher. I am a higher education teacher. And I will say that there are times that I think think the simplicity of working in a grocery store might be honestly refreshing. Yep. Work your shift, go home, and that's it. Cleaning up broken uh, bottles of Mm. wine and throwing away the expired meats and cheeses. Getting getting my discount on meat and uh, produce, damaged produce. But uh, no, I actually do like my job, but... It's not for everybody, that's for sure. Yeah, not for me, for sure. (laughs) Okay, and then my next would you rather, because that one went so quickly, is would you rather, and this is going to be would you rather do this for the rest of your life to maybe make it a little tougher to think about. Oh, okay. Would you rather live in a 1.5 star motel for the rest of your life or an off-the-grid barn? And why? So I have questions. Does this 1.5 star motel, do they have Wi-Fi? Do they have TV? It's not free Wi-Fi. You have to do the thing where like you buy it by the day. I mean, I would like to think that I could live in an off the grid barn, but probably not for the rest of my life. Do I have to like cook my grow my own food and shit? I mean, you've got to make it work. You've got to either like (laughs) set up your own solar panel or no. there's literally no way I could do that. Dig a rustic (laughs) toilet. Um, No, no. But speaking of that coming up, and uh, we're going on a vacation. I think I told you this. We're staying in this little like farmhouse type deal with a outdoor co- new composting toilet and oh, an yes. outdoor shower. And, and where stuff. is that so going to be? A little again? bit off the grid. It's near Acadia National Park in Maine. It's coming up in October. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'll let you know how that goes. Maybe if I, it's, it's three nights. So if I survive that, I'll let you know my answer on the barn thing. But as it stands right now, I think I would say one star motel. You would go 1.5 stars. Yeah. 1.5 stars. Extra half a star for free. Um, but yeah, do you have any final thoughts for this episode? It was, you know, it was a good one. It, It laid a base for some like further character development, but, um, the only thing I would say is my favorite Moiraism from the show, which I like to point out was the title of our episode, I believe was never let the bastards get you down. <laughs> she's, when she's coaching her little teenage actors and actresses and they are just like, okay, she does but have... again. That's self-talk for her. It is. And good she, advice. She has some good. Um... You will work until it hurts. <laughs> She's very intense in this episode. She is very and, and part intense. of it's part of it's the drugs. <laughs> oh yeah, they're still wearing off in of her system for sure. And then um, I do like when she ends her like impassioned monologue. She goes, um, "Lady standing" to get this little boy to get out of his desk, <laughs> and then just faints on his desk and collapses into out. it so dramatically. Um, um so no, but no, yeah, she I has some good that. Moira Moira isms in this episode. So well, yeah, with that, Katie, what are we gonna be looking at next week? Um, so next week we are gonna dive into ex- episode four. It's entitled Bad Parents. We're going to learn about Johnny and Moira's parenting techniques, a little bit more of their know approach to being mom and dad uh we're also gonna like find out about a possible political scandal in schitt's creek so that's what we're looking at in in episode four um but yeah i guess i'm looking forward to that i'm taking the lead on that one but i just want to say thanks for joining us this time learning some interesting and perhaps x-rated history of schitt's creek we hope you're enjoying it. Obviously, we said that at the beginning. We, we're so glad you're here and we hope you're enjoying it. We want to hear from you. So be sure to rate us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and Spotify. Rate us five stars. I You can rate us less than that if you really want to. You can rate us 1.5 stars if you want to. 1.5 stars. We do. Like can we hotel. offer free Wi-Fi to get two stars? Mm-hmm. Do we have we that can, in our Maybe uh, a complimentary ability? espresso bar. Okay, there we go. But um, but yeah, and also please take part in our our Instagram polls and posts. We're gonna post some related to each episode throughout the week. Uh, one we just posted yesterday was about the small towns. Again, we don't have any feedback on that one. We want to hear about what these little quaint and charming towns are. Um, if you're not on the gram, you can email us always at kaka at shitlistpodcast.com. That's kaka like a crow, c a w c a w at shitlistpodcast.com. Um. And then our Instagram handle is shit list podcast with underscore shit underscore list underscore podcast. So that's where you can find us to interact with us. That's we want that to be a big part. And like I said, we had our first interaction this week and hopefully we'll have some more from episode two, which is coming out in a few days from this point where we're recording. So we're excited to dive into episode four next week. But until then, best wishes and warmest regards. That's about you love.